This episode is brought to you by Ursa Minor Outfitters. Folks, I'm absolutely in love with my Loon mug. It's handmade. It's an absolute piece of art. Whether it's at the office or at the house, people keep asking to check it out. If you're not a Loon fan, they also have other beautiful mugs for wildlife fans of moose, bears, and eagles. They specialize in products highlighting the outdoors and local pride through quality design by local artists. They've even started expanding into items beyond mugs, like apparel, dog accessories, and soon candles and more. They also try to partner and highlight other small businesses and in some cases forgo profits in lieu of charitable giving to help their community such as the dog rescue. So check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for our four-legged hiking partners they also have a portable silicone dog bowl and also sweet over-the-collar dog bandana. Go check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and don't forget to enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. special bonus episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm your host, Ivan, and occasionally I'll be bringing you some bonus episodes highlighting some amazing individuals who are participating in some fun outdoor events or helping some incredible nonprofits, as well as some up-and-coming outdoor companies. Regular episodes will continue to come out on Mondays, and when we have a bonus episode, those will drop on Fridays. Our first bonus episode is with my friend Austin, a.k.a. Stinney, who I met in Hawaii. Now, based out of the East Coast, he and his family will be participating in the annual Ride to NALZ at the nation's capital. On this episode, we reminisce on some of Austin's more memorable hikes in Hawaii. He shares his version of towing me back to shore, and we learn about how he and his family got involved in the ride to end Alzheimer's. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with our guest, Austin. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I have a really fun guest with me today, a brother that I met in Hawaii that I got to interact and have some amazing experiences hiking. His name is Austin, a.k.a. Stinny. Thanks, Stinny, for coming on the podcast. You know, we always like to start off with asking our guests how long they've been hiking for and how they got started. Yeah, well, first, uh, thank you so much for having me, Ivan. It's just a pleasure to catch up with you and talk about something that we really bond over. So, yeah. Uh, I would say like since I was, you know, really little, I've always kind of been one to enjoy spending time outside. Uh, I had like a really small little trail system at the end of my block growing up that my friends and I would go mess around in a little bit. Nothing too serious. I would say like when I really started getting into hiking more seriously was probably um, in 2016, uh, the year I spent uh, in Hawaii as an AmeriCorps, as you were my uh, AmeriCorps coordinator, supervisor. It was a pleasure. But yeah, I think that honestly, um, spending that year on the island, hiking was one of the things I looked forward to most. I feel like almost every weekend we did like a Sunday hike because, you know, a lot of times we worked on Saturdays. So really just getting around. I remember, you know, jumping into the the back of your your little Jeep. Jeep, (laughs) (laughs) That thing did the job, right? Yeah. 
I mean, the smallest what? trunk space ever. A yeah, small guy could fit in the small trunk space. Right? I remember sometimes it like started drizzling and we didn't really have an option. It was fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's, you know, seven years ago that uh, I was there, which is kind of crazy to me at this yeah. point. Um, but that's where we really got to go and really kick up some really awesome hiking. You came from the East Coast, from Jersey. How was it transitioning from the trail systems in Jersey to some of the sketchy and not so sketchy hikes of Hawaii? Yeah, um, you know, being from the East Coast where I am, uh, we don't really have any sort of the elevation that you know, the, the mountains in Hawaii have, or even, you know, West Coast. Yeah, I lived in California for a year as well. I would say that the hiking around me in the East Coast, so I grew up in New Jersey. I live in Philly. So I've been around the East Coast a bunch. I would say that, like, it's more of a punchy kind of thing, right? Mm. It's uh, short up and downs, and you can pack a decent amount of elevation, in, but not all at once, and it's not to the same level as other places. So yeah definitely just the longevity of going up and up and up is something that my stanima was not necessarily uh in condition for i do remember like going on some early hike one in particular i remember when we did uh stairway to heaven john came with us and i asked him afterwards like oh like, how sore are you like i can't even walk for like the next like week and he was like oh like i'm sore but like not terrible and that was like a pretty big hike and early on in, in my year in Hawaii. So I was like, all right, I guess this is part of the process of getting a chief. <laughs> yeah, so it was def- there was definitely a, a training curve to it. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that hike up because the one memory that sticks from, from our hiking experiences is we were doing kind of a staggered pace because of the ropes that we had to, to climb on. And... Um, I think you were ahead of me and Libby was behind me. Shout out to Libby. <laughs> yeah, I hope I can get her on the podcast because she's, I think, over in Colorado right now. Yeah, um, I see a little bit of her postings. I miss her. She's awesome. But I just remember making the last climb to the summit and you were, you know, maybe like a minute or two ahead. And then I just see you in the middle of the trail. It seemed like something from Toy Story when they <laughs> dropped the toys and you were just like laid out. And I was like, oh, my goodness, something happened. <laughs> And I think you were cramping pretty bad. And you were just like, just leave me here. I'm resting. I'll catch up with you guys. (laughs) If you weren't going to bring this up, I was going to bring it up. Uh, we were like i don't know how long is that hike i think the the way we did it we probably put in at least four and a half five miles to the summit but it was like over three thousand feet of elevation gain yeah so i remember you know it was pretty grueling and we got like we were almost towards the top at this point when this happened and i just got a gnarly charlie horse in my leg and i was like Uh, uh, And like, you know, I've had Charlie horses before, so I understand that they go away. You need to like, you know, get some nutrition in your body, stretch it out. So I think that, yeah, my first reaction was just like plop down. I'm not even going to try to put weight on it. Like plop down. I remember the trail was pretty thin at that point. So I was Mm -hmm. like pretty much sprawled across the entire trail. And I just remember trying to like stretch it out, go in my backpack and get some snacks. And 
<laughs> and up <laughs> up you walk and you were like, oh no. <laughs> I remember I remember your reaction was that you thought you were gonna have to carry me back down all the way. It was a, a, a sight I was not expecting, but you know, you were a trooper. You made it the, the last little quarter of a mile that we had to do, and then I think once we fueled up at the radio tower, the yeah. descent was a whole lot easier. Yeah. That was one of my favorite hikes that we've done, though. One of my favorite hikes I've ever done. We were fortunate because thanks to the particular planning of Ivan, we picked a particularly good day to go out. So we were able to get some really sweet views once we got to the top. That's the only time where I went up there and had those views. The last or the two other times that I did it, it was cloudy or if it was windy. And I don't know if you remember this, Stin, but we were chilling on the radio tower having our, our lunch. And there was that one kid that showed up that was just like haggard, had lost like his water and his food because he ended up going like a crazy different route where he had to like basically scramble up the side of these cliffs. And by the time he arrived, he was just almost on his last leg. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because um, for those of folks that don't really know about the hike, it's got like the stairs on the front, which is sort of like the face of it. But it's not really a recognized hike sort of by the state. So you kind of have to do it um, in some alternative ways. Right. So the way that we did it, we went up the back ridge and it made the hike a bit more grueling, uh, a bit longer, more elevation, so to speak. Do you remember the way down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was I'm, I'm glad i had um gloves and so i and definitely that's that's one of the more memorable ones stinny but out of the rest of your time in hawaii what's been some other memorable hikes that you've been on we did so many i've got lots of memorable ones i would say probably like my go-to hike when i'm on island is kau crater it's maybe not quite as grueling as something like Stairway or Olamana or something like that, but it packs a lot in. It is pretty much like a full day adventure. And I just love the different like atmospheres and the different like terrain that you get to experience. Even just like starting off the hike, right? You like, you, you enter into sort of the jungle and the trailhead and like right from the get go, it's like punching you in the face. Like, boom, you are in tropical Hawaii in the jungle and you are going to know it, right? With all the streams and the ferns and so much greenery back there. You can smell the fruits all around, see the flowers. That's just the beginning of the hike. And as you go further a little bit, uh, you pass a, a few waterfalls. You know, there's time or, or space to kind of like jump in, get a little wet, refresh yourself. But one of the things I really like about one of the waterfalls is you get to like totally hike up the waterfall, right? Yeah. Um, as you alluded to already earlier, uh, a bunch of the hikes in Hawaii have like these like ropes that people have put up for assistance. So you kind of use this this rope system to go up this waterfall, and you have like you know the beautiful mountains around you and the water running down. I think that's one of definitely my favorite experiences on that hike. But even just continuing further, you know, you get up nor you get more into like sort of like larger trees area that are you're kind of engulfed 
engulfed by like walking through like such green tunnels and everything. And then you get up a little bit further past the trees and that's where the views really start. Um, you can see like the openness of the crater down below. Um, I did have a friend tell me one time that they went off trail and instead of going up the ridge over the uh, crater and like where it's like marshy, they mm -hmm. actually went into the marsh by accident. Oh no. And they said that was a bad experience. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't really get anywhere. They got kind of stuck. But yeah, if you do it correctly, you go up the ridge, you get to see above the green crater and everything. One of my favorite things about the hikes in Hawaii too is seeing the way that like the clouds sort of like bank up against the mountain. You know, one side might be super cloudy and the other side is like no clouds whatsoever and gorgeous. Uh, so that's a really cool experience. On the way down is fun too because it's, it's a loop so you don't hit the same exact spots. I remember particularly, uh, I think one time when we did it together with Libby, it was particularly muddy on the way down, but it was super fun because we kind of just like slid on our butts all the way down. And like, it was like a slip and slide, but mud. And I think I actually did that hike that day barefoot. I think you took it off. You took off your boots before the first waterfall and did yeah. the rest of the time barefoot, which was just unbelievable because there are some places with branches and sticks that i was like oh i hope <laughs> his feet are okay yeah to be honest i'm not really sure why i did that I, I i think like i got excited about the water and just like letting my feet splash around and feeling the water on my body so i don't know but yeah, it was fun and kind of hid my boots and got them back on the way down. I even remember like kind of on the way down, like looking up to see like the mango trees and stuff. And you're able to get like fresh fruit just right on the hike. That was something just really unique about the islands. And you know what, Stinny? Ever since that moment, because I do remember the mango grove and it was just like these giant old mango trees and mangoes were falling all around us. I continued to go back year after year around the same time. Never did I see a mango ever again. What? Yeah. Really? And Jen from from our work was like, yeah, if especially older mango trees, if um, the fruit isn't harvested, they'll go dormant for a couple years. Really? Yeah. If the fruit isn't harvested? Yeah, that's what she said. Wow, it's almost like they know you don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a memorable one. And I think you've progressed throughout that year that you were there. What would you say outside of um, Stairway to Heaven was was a challenging hike? <sighs> challenging. Mm, I would say there's maybe two that I might say is challenging. One uh, was Olamana, right? So what I would say about that one is it's like... I don't know that I would say it's the most grueling hike, but it is like one of the most technical hikes and one of the most scariest hikes. Particularly one spot of the hike comes to mind where, where you're kind of going up near the big puka. Puka is a, is a hole. Uh, so there's like this rock formation that has a hole in it. And you have to sort of like shimmy across like this ridge line, and there's like nothing around you. So I would say that like, that was kind of scary. I would say that hike has like a uh, particular rock formations that you really have to navigate and make sure you have your footing underneath you. You got like sheer cliffs on both sides. So that one probably is like the scariest, most technical hike that I did. But do you also remember our attempt at K1, K2? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that to, to this day was my least favorite hike in Hawaii. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that was a long one, grueling one. I have a video of my phone, actually, of me sitting in the back of your Jeep on the way to that hike. (laughs) But yeah, we did that with another one of our friends. And we got, was it, which one was first? K1, K2? I think we did K2 first. K2 first, and we were you know, on our way, continuing the ridge line to go up to uh, the other one, right? Mm. And our friend got a pretty gnarly bee sting. And apparently that friend is like pretty allergic to bees. So it was like not a very good situation. I believe they had Benadryl with them that they took, yeah. um, but they, they were still feeling some type of way. So we turned around and went back to safety. But uh, yeah, I think like I was exhausted already to that point. Maybe it was for the best that we didn't continue on. I also remember like sort of getting a little bit lost in the beginning of that hike as well. And I think for me, it was once we started going up the ridge and it was a bad call to wear shorts. But I just remember the trail was overgrown and all the vegetation was just slapping me in my shins. Yep, Um, I remember that as well. And we were exposed like nearly the majority of the time to the sun, no cloud cover. But I think that was one of the those moments that once we got to the first summit, the clouds were banking in a ridiculous fashion because they would hit the mountain, but then go almost vertically up like if yeah. it hit a wall. Yeah, it's really crazy to see that. It's like a, I don't know, like a like a, a wind tunnel or something that's created and it just like shoots the clouds. And Olamana, if it, if it was the time that you're recalling, um, I don't know if you remember but on the way down from second peak to the last peak somebody was getting a helicopter rescue oh, and then yeah. on the way back there was that family on the rock wall going back up to peak number two that had run out of water yeah that's what i'm saying i think like olamana is i would say of the trail itself like of looking at the, the formations of the earth and the formations of the rock olamana to me is like one of the most aesthetically pleasing especially that one I think it's the last peak that's like particularly dramatic looking. I think it's gorgeous. And I think that people really get excited about it. But it really is kind of like an advanced hike. You know, like I was saying earlier, with all like the technical rocks and roots and all that it's got. So, yeah, I would say that's definitely the most dangerous one that I've done. (laughs) You know, one of the more dangerous situations that we encountered, at least for me personally, that you were involved in (laughs) was when we did a a paddle out um, to Chinaman's Hat, which is a small little island off Kolau Ranch. And gorgeous hike, had fun time. But then on the way back, we kind of got hit by a, a little squall. You know, it got cloudy, started raining. And Libby was in front of us because she had a paddle like on an actual paddleboard and she was cruising, you know, you've been surfing for, you know, six to eight months at that point. So you, you were pretty good at paddling. And I just remember I was like giving it my all and I just wasn't going anywhere. And you just kept going further and further away where I had to call you back. I shared the story on my own personal episode, but do you remember that hike? And and do you remember towing me back to shore? Yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, I've got a whole list right now of my phone of all the different hikes that we've done. So I've got got plenty of awesome memories. But yeah, that was definitely one of them. And shout out to you for for really kind of making a lot of these hiking days happen and doing all the research beforehand. I didn't even realize that you could hike to the top of Chinaman's Hat before you presented the idea. So that was really cool. And it's 
itself. So yeah, Chinaman's Hat is a small little island just like not too far off the shore of Oahu that we could paddle to. And I loved the idea. I was always down. So yeah, we, we brought some boards with us, we paddled out. I remember like the paddle out was like, you know, it was relatively not difficult. It, it was, you know, there was a little bit to it. But nothing super crazy. And I kind of remember we just kind of like parked the boards like up against the rocks, like on the beach. And then we just kind of started exploring around and hiking up to the top. I remember kind of like it spiraled around the Chinaman's Hat up to the top. It was a cool little hike. And and the views at the top of Chinaman's Hat were really awesome of... Oahu and the mountain range that you could see just like the veins of of the ridge going up. I remember even I think it was you that brought your GoPro with you and we got some really cool like 360 views of us on the island. You could see all the water all the way around us. And I remember we met like a pretty friendly person up there that was on their own. Oh, that's it right. Was a girl girl by herself and she just had some really good energy. And so after we eventually made it to the top of the hike, we just were chatting for a while, having a good time, enjoying ourselves. And then we did kind of see off in the distance that there was some some dark clouds coming our way. I think we like tried to stretch it a little bit, just kind of like hang out for a little bit longer. And then eventually we were like, ah, we don't really want to do this, but like we should leave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I remember making our way back down to the rock beach getting back on the boards and and paddling out. And I remember, you know, starting to make our way. I do remember Libby being in front and looking back and you were behind me. And it looked like you were still paddling, like you said. So I was like, oh, like, he's fine. He's he's just taking a little bit longer. Like, he's paddling, though. I can can still see him. So I just sort of continued doing my thing, continued, turned around to look at you again. It looked like you were paddling very hard and doing your thing. So I just kept going. Then eventually I heard like something behind me and I wasn't exactly sure what it was at first. And then it got louder and louder. And it was Ivan yelling at me like, Hey, I need help. I need help. I'm stuck. So I was like, Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. So Libby was probably too far gone at this point. She was already well on her way to the shore. So I think I turned around and, and went back closer to you and I wasn't really sure what to do at first (laughs) and you were like oh man like I'm not having a good time right now like this rip current is like pulling me through and I just can't make any progress and you know we had that storm that was like sort of right overhead on us at this point and you know also just an added element to this that area in between uh you know main island of Oahu and that little Chinaman's hat island that little stretch of ocean there is particularly known for hammerhead sharks yeah that's right comforting yeah yeah It's it's a breeding ground, I think. So, you know, I can only imagine that that was somewhat in your head while you were like sort of stuck out there. So eventually you were like, Stinny man, uh, can, you, can you talk to me? Can you tell me in? Right. So I remember like hooking my foot onto like the leash on your board and you were just kind of like holding on and paddling together as a unit back into the shore and i'm a pretty small dude right you're significantly bigger than me so i was like oh my gosh i am just doing this right now head down going and you know what honestly when we got back to the shore it felt really good it felt really awesome that number one i was able to support you in that way and that we just had this like super silly ridiculous 
ridiculous experience together. I think there's even, uh, I got to see if it's on my phone or something somewhere, but I do remember there's a picture of us kind of sitting on the beach afterwards, just like looking out to Chinaman's hat, a little bit defeated, a little bit like stoked and like all these things happening at once. And I also think like while we were paddling back, right, we were going through that squall. But then as we like hung out on the beach, the weather like cleared up and it was beautiful and typical tropical weather. Yeah. I just remember Austin, like seeing you slowly getting smaller and smaller and being like, (laughs) you either got to call out or it's going to be too late and he's not going to hear you. And you're going to have to go back to the island and kind of reset. Were you that close to the island still? No, but I I don't know, like, reading that current, I wasn't sure, like, maybe it would shoot me back out to it. Um, But I'm glad I called you and and you heard me, because, yeah, yeah, that was a little dicey. Yeah, that's a fond memory that I hold on to. (laughs) Now, outside of hiking, Austin, one thing that you've been participating in and, and doing pretty regularly is an annual Ride to End Alzheimer's. Can you share a little bit about the Ride to End Alzheimer's and how you got involved? Yeah, absolutely. So Alzheimer's and dementias are, uh, you know, something that hits really close to home in my family. My family's been particularly affected by these diseases. And my dad has, you know, my dad's 63, I think at this point but his physical health is in like some really awesome shape comparatively to any other people I know his age. Like he's able to just do that much more physically. So it's really awesome. Me having the love of outdoor recreation and all of those things, I find that, you know, getting out on bike rides is something that we've always done together. And it's a really great way for us to connect. Uh, so I was just like kind of looking up a ride to do with my dad a couple of years ago. And I found this ride to end Alzheimer's. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the, event that we need to do. This is perfect. Together, my dad and I, uh, we signed up and they have like lots of different races. Pick the one that was locally close to us, which is like the nation's capital ride, which is like in the Washington DC slash Virginia area. And yeah, so we did that ride last year and we did the, uh, the 45 mile, 3000 feet ride. And my dad like absolutely crushed it and was like not tired at the end. Right so on. I was like, all right, we're definitely doing this next year and we're definitely pushing it up a level. Yeah, so this year we got my sister to join us as well, who is more recently in some awesome physical health as well. So we're doing the 70 mile ride this year and we're up in it to uh, 4,000 feet. So yeah, it's just a really great way for us to connect as a family. It's really cool to be able to work towards finding resources and funds for the research and development to this currently uncurable disease uh, that so greatly affects my family. So yeah, I'm really excited to get to get back at it again this year. And then the training along has been a really awesome experience as well. It's been something that my family has been able to bond over. We just recently, like last weekend, did a 50 mile ride from here. I live in Philadelphia now. My sister lives like right outside Philadelphia. So we did a ride from Philadelphia up to Valley Forge Historical Park and then back to the city which was 50 miles and everyone crushed it. We had good energy all around. We had some music playing, some, some energy flowing. That was a really special experience. Nice. And you've, you've mentioned it, like there's different levels. You don't have to commit to 45, 75, or even the, I think there's a hundred mile um, yeah, challenge you can yeah. do. 
and there's like I said, there's lots of different locations for these races as well. So we're doing the nation's capital, but I know that there's New England, there's Colorado, there's South Carolina, there's Minnesota, there's Texas. Uh, there's like a remote option that you kind of do it on your own. And and they're really supportive along on along the route as well. You know, they're cheering for you, they're providing you with all of the resources and fuel that you need. The community itself is what I think is one of the most awesome parts about it. Just kind of bringing everyone together who is in the fight against this cause, kind of creating that community around it. Um, last year, we went to like a, a champion's dinner the night before where we got to hear about the latest updates on Alzheimer's research and developments and just really chat to people and hear about how are they navigating their experience and their family's experience with Alzheimer's and dementia. So I think that that's the biggest thing. And just to see the way that it empowers my family it is something that is really awesome. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Especially it's such a, a great bonding experience of being on the road. Now, for folks... Folks that are interested in doing that maybe this year um, locally in their neighborhood or um, next year, what tips or advice would you have for first timers and what kind of training should they be doing? Yeah, I think for me, I'm fortunate in that like I'm passionate about being outdoor and active in a lot of ways. So I feel like all of my activities kind of cross train together and like build upon all my different muscles. But I would say that like everyone's going to do it differently. But for me, I don't do these kind of races and events for speed. I'm not really worried about how fast I'm going. I'm really just there to enjoy my time with the people around me, enjoy my time being outside and just to move my body. So I'm not really worried about what kind of speed I'm going. So I think that's something that really helps me just kind of enjoy the moment and not put too much pressure on myself. And yeah, I think that like, you know, it's important, you know, depending on you look at the route, right? Making sure that if there's elevation that you're practicing some elevation as well. I think like change, honestly, <laughs> changing the gears on a bike matters a lot how fluidly you do it, right? Because mm. if you don't do it fluidly, you'll get, you'll get stuck. And if you're going uphill, if you get stuck, you're probably not going to be able to get back to it might have to walk it for a minute. So really just researching the race that you're doing and, and being prepared for the mileage and the elevation that comes with it. And then, you know, just to say something too about like the other aspect of it is the, the fundraising, right? And my, my advice to that is reach out to all your communities. You'll never know who's going to donate, who's going to really feel connected. A lot of people have someone in their life that, that is affected by uh, this disease and they might really resonate with what you're doing. It's created some really meaningful moments and interactions that I've had with other people. You know, I know that 55 million people are living right now with dementia. So it is really widely affecting. But yeah, I think, like I said, like I've been able to share my story as I'm training for this. And it's really opened the door for other people to share their stories with me as well. And I think that like, like I was saying earlier, that community piece is really what helps everyone kind of get through difficult things like this. The fact that you have multiple options on, on how to participate and get involved, not just actually writing, but you can also volunteer at this event as well if, if you want to help out in that capacity. One thing that I think has helped you going back to Hawaii is I think that's where you initially started training for these type of events because <laughs> you were biking all over the island and not on a geared bike. You were biking on a beach cruiser and you were putting in, you know, 15, 20 miles, maybe even more. But I think that's where you, you got your your pedaling legs. I wasn't expecting you to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, AmeriCorps is, you know, you're living on a real modest living stipend. So I think I got like the cheapest bike I could find at first when I first got there. And eventually that bike didn't make it. It it broke along the way. So one of our buddies, John, who's a great guy, was able to find me a a bicycle that I was able to use. It might have come from the ReStore, I think, but it was like this pastel green uh, beach cruiser. Dude, I thought it was hilarious. I loved that it was a bike to ride. It had like particularly fat tires and you were not sitting in an aggressive stance whatsoever while you were riding it. But I took that thing everywhere. I even, you know, I took that thing every day to the beach. I put my my surfboard rack on that bike and I took that bike down to the beach. But uh, I have a, a fond memory of one day riding from like in town in Honolulu out to China Walls along like those main roads there. And I just remember on the way back, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, that beach cruiser totally got me around. And and I guess you're right. I, I uh, these, thigh, these thighs are thanking me right now. <laughs> now, Stinny, what, what are you looking forward to on this year's ride? And how can people um, support you and your team? I think I'm really kind of excited, sort of like, for a lot of the same things that I talked about when I, with the training, um, just really spending time with my family, spending time outside, seeing the sense of accomplishment that my family gets and that I feel myself and really being able to kind of just spread the awareness of Alzheimer's and dementias. Fortunately, I've got some family in the area as well, so they'll come and cheer us on. And I'm really just kind of excited to spend you know, the entire day riding out there with my dad and my sister. If you would like to uh, support us in particular, that would be very much appreciated. I have a fundraiser page that I am working on out there. I'm currently sitting around like just above $1,200. I'm trying to get my way to reach $2,000. Ivan, if you don't mind, I'd be happy to share the link with you. Oh, Um, definitely. Yeah, we'll include it in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. And then just kind of going back to some of the other things, like you said, of other ways that folks can get involved. It doesn't have to be, you know, if you want to support Alzheimer's Association, it doesn't have to be through the bike ride. There's a walk to end Alzheimer's, which happens in about like 600 communities nationwide. There's a rivals event, which is a flag football event for uh, young professional women to get involved with. And there's a big thing called the longest day, which you might have had some folks talk about already. But it's, uh, you know, the day with the most light is the summer solstice. So on on June 21st, people uh, from across the world uh, will fight the darkness of Alzheimer's through getting active and a fundraising activity of their choice. I know that you talk to the folks who are participating in 48 Peaks, which is a really cool collective effort of climbing to the top of New Hampshire's 48, 4,000 footers. So that's another way to get involved. And then like you said too, there's lots of volunteer opportunities, whether that's event day support, whether that's a community educator or representative or a, a support group facilitator. There are there are plenty of ways to get involved. And I'll, I'll be sure to, to post your link and then the different ways people can participate and help out in, in whatever capacity they can. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's been an awesome journey. Out of it, I've I bought myself a new little uh, Facebook Marketplace find bicycle that I got that I'm super excited about. Got myself a, a new Cannondale Topstone with bright blue sparkly colors on it. 
It's my first time riding clipless. You know what clipless is? No. Can you share a little bit about uh, that? Clipless is, I don't know why they call it clipless, but clipless are when you kind of click into the pedals, your foot's totally attached to the pedal. It's okay. not like free, like a sneaker. So that creates some, you know, obviously the pressure when you're going down, but then it also helps create some pressure on the wheel pulling up because you're connected to the pedal. So that's been really cool. And, and I, uh, I hope to further get more and more into cycling as I get more experience. Down the line, once, once you got your mileage in, you've done the 75, you've done the 100 miler. I would love to cheer you on if you bring back the beach cruiser. <laughs> I would love to, I would even, I would ride with you if, if you bring back the beach cruiser. It, it doesn't have to be 45, 7,500 miles, but if you do uh, a ride to end ALZ on the beach cruiser, I'll be there. All right. All right. Challenge accepted in due time. <laughs> well, the last little section of the podcast in is a speed round of this or that questions. It's all hiking related. I'm going to give you two different options of hiking topics and you kind of choose the one that, that you prefer out of the two. Cool. Sounds awesome and fun. So the first one is, do you prefer ascending or descending? Who? Let's go when hiking, ascending. Trail okay. running, I would say descending. When I get okay. to flail out, flail out my arms like uh, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> and how about waterfalls or summits? Waterfalls. These are tough, I think. <laughs> yeah. Switchbacks or straight up? Oh, switchbacks. And how about trek poles or freehand? Twigs that I find on the side of the, the trail. <laughs> <laughs> And if I had more money, uh, trek poles. <laughs> and how about do you fuel up before you hike or do you fill up after as far as food? Both. Both? Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. You got it. You got to have that energy to go, but then you also got to celebrate. Do you bushwhack or go around? Oh, let's, let's be adventurous and say bushwhacking. And I think I know the answer to this one, but do you jump in or do you stay dry? You, you can answer it. <laughs> You're jumping in 100% absolutely, of the time. Absolutely. <laughs> and this one's going to be tough for you because being on the East Coast, you get to experience the sunrises. But being in Hawaii, you got to experience the sunsets. So sunrises or sunsets? Sunsets. And spring flowers or fall colors? Ooh, that one's really hard. I'm, I'm going to say spring, spring colors, spring okay. flowers. Though being on the East Coast, I would say that we get some fire foliage in the fall. For sure. And then the last one, Stan, do you tag a hike or do you not tag a hike? Yeah, this is something we were talking about, right? Because... I think that, it, you know, creating traffic at a hike uh, causes erosion and all of those other things. But like at the same time, like who are you to be a gatekeeper to keep other people away from these awesome experiences and locations? I'm going to have to say tag the hike, right? Share the love. Awesome, Stin. Well, it was great catching up with you. You know, hopefully down the line we can do an on the trail podcast episode where we get back on the trail together and, and hike really had a fun time chatting with you i'll make sure to have all the links on the episode notes and if folks want to follow your your journey on social media especially for for the ride where can they find you on instagram i am 
at Austin Zeller at A-U-S-T-I-N-Z-E-L-L-E-R. And then I also post on Strava a lot. Uh, Strava is a community that I love to be a part of. Uh, so if you're on Strava, my name, Austin Zeller, is where you can find me on there as well. Awesome. I'll be sure to tag both those in the episode notes as well. Well, Brother Austin, it has been a blast catching up with you. This has been really fun and look forward to, to seeing your journey on this year's ride. Yeah, thanks, my man. Thank you for having me. It's really, really awesome to see and be a part of the community that you've created. You've got a really awesome thing going and I would love the opportunity if we could get together in person and do one of hike interviews as we go up to some really beautiful locations. Yeah, definitely. All right, Stan, much aloha. Aloha. Thank you once again to Austin for joining us on our first bonus episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. Be sure to follow him on Instagram at Austin Zeller to keep up with the latest from the 2023 Ride to End All's and all their other outdoor adventures. If you're interested in helping Austin reach his 2023 goal of raising $2,000 to help advance Alzheimer's research, check out the links in the episode show notes. We'll be putting out bonus episodes throughout the spring and summer, along with our regular episodes on Monday. Please be sure to like and subscribe to not miss out on those. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at Hikes and Mikes. Happy trails, everyone. This episode's music was created by Ketza. Follow him on Instagram at Ketza Music. This episode is brought to you by Flip Socks. Whether you're on the trail, on the job, or in the yard, Flip Socks will keep Mother Nature out of your boots with their innovative nylon sleeve. You no longer need to worry about any annoying debris getting trapped in your boots during your hikes. Simply flip down the nylon sleeve over any boot to prevent Mother Nature from finding its way inside, keeping your feet comfortable all day long. To get your first pair, visit flipsockswithaz.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for listeners who use the promo code at checkout, I'll be donating 100% of the Season 2 promo code proceeds to Big City Mountaineers, who provide transformative experiences through connections to nature that strengthen life skills and build community for youth and disinvested communities across the nation. So if you're tired of bits and pieces of the trail finding its way into your hiking boots, pick up a pair of flip socks today with the promo code HIKESMIKES10 to get 10% off. For website and promo code, see the episode description.